Welcome to Testimonies with Tiffany, the podcast that is sure to challenge and grow your faith. Join me as we hear personal testimonies from ordinary people having radical encounters with Jesus. Together, we'll learn the power of believing God and His Word. I hope it inspires you to look at how God is showing Himself faithful in your life and challenges you to step out and testify. listening to Testimonies with Tiffany. I'm your host, Tiffany Tombry. On today's episode, I have a special guest that is going to help me share our testimony, and that is my husband, Travis. Hey, everyone. It's good to be with you all today. So we're going to be sharing our testimony of how we met and just what the Lord did and how we got married. So I had, um, we got married in 2013, but my backstory is I um, for a few years of my life resulted in, um, turning to guys for my identity, turning to alcohol for my identity and not really understanding who I was in Christ. And so there was a season of life I went through where I just rebelled against the Lord. And in that, um, I was just making poor choices and reacting sinfully. And when God moved me to Utah, he did like a deep cleanse on my heart and he literally rewired my thinking. Um, I met Jesus in jail and I remember the night I did, I gave my life back to the Lord. And I remember telling the Lord, like, I'm sold out. It's all or nothing. I'm following you. And shortly after that, I was on the mission field and all through this period, again, I was praying for my husband and, um, I remember one day getting ready. I'm back from back from the mission field. I'm getting ready to go somewhere. And I'm in the bathroom doing my makeup. And I remember the Lord speaking to me. And he said, Tiffany, you're like the children of Israel. You keep asking for a king, but I'm your king. And if any of you know the story um, about the children of Israel, they wanted a king. And God was trying to show them that he was the king. He wanted to rule and reign over their life and lead them. But they wanted a tangible human. And and so when the Lord gave me that, I remember just being heartbroken. Like, oh God, I'm sorry. Like, I need to be content with God being my king with Jesus being my, my groom. I I need to return to my first love. See what I had done is I was making the idea of marriage an idol. I had set that, that, that idea of, of marriage and a husband. I had exalted itself above God's rightful place in my heart. And, and if, if I've learned anything in my walk with the Lord, the Lord is a gentleman and the, and the rebuke and the conviction was gentle, but it was enough to get my attention. And I remember crying and repenting and uh, God, that's not what I want to do. And so, um, I went on and I, you know, three months passed and I was struggling with trying, you know, reverting back to the old man of finding my identity in a man and, and wanting to be, um, pursued and wanting a husband. And, and I remember again, getting ready one day and the Lord spoke to me again, the same thing. He said, Tiffany, 
He said, you are like the children of Israel. You're wanting a king, but I'm your king. And then he went on to say, if you continue in this pursuit, you're going to have Ishmael instead of Isaac. And I remember in that moment crying and saying, there's one thing I knew. Ishmael meant destruction and Isaac meant blessing. And I wanted the blessing. I did not want a marriage of destruction. I did not want a husband that wasn't God's plan for my life because I was striving And it wasn't of the Lord. And so again, I found myself repenting and really having to surrender the idea of marriage and a husband to the Lord and finding contentment and my identity in God alone. And so I decided that I needed to go on a fast. And for me, that fast wasn't a food fast. It was um, all these men that were pursuing me. They were godly Christian men that I knew were not my husband, that I needed to respectfully end in communication with them, um, decline any offers to go on dates. I needed to remove myself um, from social media and I needed to get accountability. I needed to have women in my life that I felt safe around that I gave permission to, hey, text me at nine o'clock. What are you doing? Where are you at? Um, Ask me those tough questions because I needed to be held accountable because I did not want Ishmael. I did not want to be like the children of Israel. I wanted to be content with God as my, as my husband. I wanted him to woo me. I wanted my identity to be found in him. And when God was ready to bring my husband, that's what I wanted. And so I surrounded myself with a few women that I call pillars in my life um, that really, um, when I messed up, I could go and repent to, and they brought me to the feet of Jesus. When I did something, they rejoiced with me and brought me to the feet of Jesus. It didn't matter what it was. They weren't judging me. There were times that they were disappointed. There were times that they were excited, but they always brought me back to the feet of Jesus. And so through this, I had just trained myself to not look at guys and be like, oh, is he my husband? Or, oh, maybe he's the one or whatever. I just trained my eyes and my heart to look to Jesus and to trust Jesus. And so one weekend, my mentor had invited me to go to a three-day prayer conference that was not in my church. It was at the Salt Lake Christian Center in Salt Lake City, Utah. And I remember politely declining because I had already made plans to um, join my church at the time, which was K2, and um, Kyle Korver, who's a was an NBA basketball player, had a, um, a foundation set up at our church where they would go and make over neighborhoods in Salt Lake City. And I had signed up to be a volunteer. I was going to go and help clean up a neighborhood and, and do all of the things. And I was excited about that. And I did not want to go to a prayer conference. Well, later in the week, the Lord spoke to me while I was at work in my office. And he said, you're not to go and volunteer over the weekend, I have something else for you. And so I thought, okay, fine, whatever. I remember being disappointed, but I remember like, I want to do what the Lord says. And so I remember messaging my mentor back and asking more details about this conference and felt like the Lord was telling me that's where I needed to be. So fast forward to the weekend and here I am at this prayer conference. And I remember walking in thinking, what am I doing here? This is not where I want to be. Now you have to understand my heart at this time was wrecked. I had just come back from Cambodia. Um, and I, God just wrecked my heart for what wrecked his there. And I had a lot of things I was processing through. I, I felt like I was going through culture shock and, um, I, I was just, I wasn't mad with the Lord, but I was again, just working through some stuff in my heart. 
And all through this time, I had been praying for four specific things. I sensed to my spirit that God was getting ready to relocate me. I knew that my time in Utah was ending, but I didn't know where God was bringing me to. I had been praying for my husband. I had been praying too. I've been sensing that I wanted um, to go to Bible school or some sort of um, furthering my education and understanding in God's word and ministry. And I felt like the Lord was transitioning um, the place where I was doing ministry. So at the time I was in kids ministry, I was doing it um, almost full time, um, just volunteering and stuff at the church. And I felt like there was a transition being made there. And so these four things I've been praying about for a few, well, my husband for uh, seven years, but the other things for a few months. And so as I'm here at this prayer conference, the Holy Spirit breaks out and God moves and I remember the first day just being like, okay, I still don't know why I'm here and leaving. And the next day showing up in the middle of the conference, the Lord spoke to me so clearly in my seat. And he said, I'm about to answer the four things you've been praying about. So I was like, I got extremely excited. I thought God's about to tell me where I'm moving. God's about to show me what ministry he's calling me to. He's about to give me my husband and he's going to put me in some sort of Bible school. And so I leave, I come back the third night and um, everything's great. God moves. Uh, he still hasn't answered those four things. He told me the night before he was, but okay, he hasn't done anything um, since then. And so the conference is over. I remember going to, I wanted to go tell my mentor at the time, you know, thank you for inviting me. I'm so glad that I came. And um, she was talking to my husband, Travis. And at the time, I did not know he was my husband. Um, but I remember she, they were talking, talking, talking. And I remember thinking, does this dude like catch his breath? He is just talking to her, talking to her. And I remember politely standing back, like starting to stomp my foot, kind of like tapping my foot. Like, okay, seriously, dude, you got to be quiet so I can hug my mentor, tell her thank you and leave. I have to drive through the mountains at night and I didn't like to do that. So I politely interrupted and told my mentor, thank you for inviting me, hugged her neck. And as I was going to turn around, Travis began to prophesy over me. And this is where I'm going to let him pick up the story. So, uh, um, at that time when I saw Tiffany, my, I had God's heart for her and I was, I felt very strongly that she needed to be in Idaho and that she needed to meet some of the women that were coming to the house of prayer uh, w which was a ministry that I was a part of. And I didn't have uh, ulterior motives, but it was just, it was strong that she needed to meet some of the women that were there because I felt like it would further her walk with the Lord and her calling in the kingdom of God. And so I shared that with her. And, um, and at that time, um, I think we exchanged numbers just to, so I could help, help her uh, connect connect her to those those women. I told her to pray about it. I had no idea what God had already spoken to her that she was God was going to give those four things to her. So um and then we went our merry ways and um I should probably back up. Um do you, what do you want me to share? Yeah, so so in that time that we met, it was only it was about a 15 minute exchange. You would mm -hmm. say that, right? Yes. And um yeah, you can give them your background of okay. where you came prior to this. So I'm going to back up prior to meeting Tiffany. Uh, before I met met Tiffany, I was uh, well, I was 26 year old, 26 years old when I met her, and um, I had uh, 
pursued girls that were close to me, in my, close to where I lived, and I had pursued girls halfway around the world. Didn't matter whether they were close or halfway around the world, something always happened. Either I didn't have peace or God would shut the door, and it, it just never worked out for one reason or another. And so one day, I, I, I'm talking to the Lord, and I said, God, where is my wife? And he spoke to me, and he said, I want you to go to my word, um, and I'm going to speak to you. And so he said, start reading about relationships in the Bible. And so that's what I did. I started studying about relationships. I got my notebook out, and I was going to just write down whatever the Holy Spirit laid on my heart as I read his word. So as I'm, I started with Adam and Eve and worked my way to Abraham and Sarah, Isaac and Rebecca, Jacob and Rachel, uh, just worked my way through uh, Ruth and Boaz, um, Queen Esther, and uh, Jesus and uh, the Bride of Christ. And so as I worked my way through, the Lord gave me two promises, He's, and I wrote them down. He spoke to me and he said, Travis, I'm going to bring your wife to you like I brought Eve to Adam, like I brought Rebecca to Isaac. Isaac was just in the field one day meditating, the Bible says, when Eliezer came with his bride, Rebecca, just waiting on the Lord. And he said, I'm going to, just like I brought Ruth to Boaz, Boaz woke up one day and there was a young lady just laying at his feet, literally, um, came from a foreign land even. So, um, and the Lord said, I'm bringing the bride of Christ to my son, Jesus. He said, I'm going to bring her to you just like I, I did in the Bible. And I spoke to the Lord and I said, God, what if you bring her to me and I don't recognize her? Like, what if I'm expecting one type of a woman and you bring me something completely different? You know, how, how will I know that it's her? And Holy Spirit spoke to me almost instantly and said, what does my word say? So I went back to the Bible and, and reread those stories. And as I'm rereading, rereading those stories, he says, I'll make it obvious just like I made it obvious to Adam. He said, what, he said, did Adam recognize Eve? I said, yes, Lord, she was the only one. He said, did Isaac recognize Rebecca? Again, yes, Lord, she was the only one. And he, and he said, I'll make it obvious like I made it obvious to them. So the, he gave me lots, he gave me a whole, he gave me, he told me a lot about my wife, but those were the two main promises. I'll bring her to you and I'll make it obvious. Because remember, I had pursued women, but God was telling me, don't need to pursue I'm going to do the work, and I'll bring her to you. Um, so that happened uh, a few months before I met my wife. And um, and I remember being called, um, invited to go down to that uh, pr uh, prayer conference in Salt Lake City. And so I went down there, and I remember seeing Tiffany there. But at that time, I was guarding my heart, guarding my eyes, guarding my thoughts, um, I didn't want to be distracted, especially being in ministry. I just wanted to protect myself. And um, so I just really protected my heart and didn't let my thoughts go there. But Tiffany came, when I met Tiffany at the last night of the conference, talked with her for just a few minutes, felt like she needed to be in Idaho, felt that so strongly in my heart. We parted, uh, she got my number, I got hers, and then we parted ways. And um, we packed up to leave Salt Lake City. And I, I remember I was actually uh, sleeping in the back, trying to sleep in the back seat of the van, heading back to Idaho. When all of a sudden I checked my Facebook and I saw that Tiffany had found me on Facebook and invited me to be her friend. And uh, she'd given, her first message she wrote to me was that she was just thankful to, uh, 
meet some men at the conference like myself and there was another guy uh, with us uh, that were men at, you know just men that were seeking God and things that she'd been praying for um, and just thought that was neat and then her second message to me is the one that changed my life forever um, she wrote me a second letter a message on Facebook and this said um, that she had been reading the Gospel of Luke and all of a sudden I got real I was like wait whoa, whoa what's going on because I had just finished reading the Gospel of Luke shortly before I came to Salt Lake and not only that God ministered to my heart so richly through it that it was just amazing revelations that he gave me and as I'm reading she says I just got done. she goes I'm reading the Gospel of Luke right now and she says and there's one verse in particular and I'm gonna let Tiffany sh- uh, go from here and that that scripture was um, out of the chapter chapter 5 verse 4 where um, Peter Peter's out on the water and Jesus is on the shore and he's like Peter you know let down your net on the other side and Peter says Jesus I've been fishing all night and he says, nevertheless, at your word, I will let down my net. And Peter obeys Jesus and lets down his net. And we know that Jesus sinks his boat with blessing. There are so many fish that he has to signal other fishermen nearby to bring their boats over. And he fills the boats with all these fish. And I felt like Father was telling me in that moment that he was about to sink my boat with some blessing. And I immediately thought of the four things that I had been seeking him for. Relocation husband ministry school and so i thought oh my gosh like this is god confirming to me that he is going to give me the desires of my heart psalm 37 4 because i found my delight in him because he's the good father because it's his will for my life and so i was sharing this with travis via facebook and i'm just sharing with him how it really blessed my life and um you, you go said, ahead and take it from here. So you said, nevertheless, at your word. Yes. Yeah. So, so nevertheless, at your word, I'll let them on it. Yes, that's what Peter said. Mm-hmm. So that was what that was what really stood out to her in that. But in the letter and the message I got in the backseat of the van, it said, I'm, I'm, there's one verse in particular, Luke 5, 4. And when she said that, um, I burst out in tongue. I burst out just praising God. Um, the other people in the van wanted to know what, what was going on. And I, I just, I, you know, I obviously kept it to myself it wasn't really to tell him exactly what was going on but i all of a sudden i felt drawn to this woman unlike anything i I felt this strong pull that i needed to get to know her that it was urgent because when i had read the gospel of luke god when i got to luke 5 4 the holy spirit stopped me and he gave me a revelation and it was it was just a, as we launch out into the deep, into the depths, with the water being a picture of the Holy Spirit, um, we let down our nets and we can catch fish. The Lord was speaking to me, as I launch out into the depths of the Holy Spirit, I'll be able to catch fish. And he told me, I've made you a fisher of men this so day. So he was commissioning you. Yes, he was commissioning me. And I, I wrote it down in my Bible, the date and time. And I said, this day the Lord has made me a fisher of men. And uh, to go catch to win souls and I wrote that in my Bible because it was personal and anyway she's telling me about Luke 5 4 and I had this experience with Luke 5 4 and now I needed to get to know her um, so that was that uh, I get back to Idaho and we we talked the first time I uh, we talked on the phone I'll never forget it um, <clears throat> Tiffany wasn't playing any games and she let me hear her whole life story 
the good and the bad. She didn't hide. She didn't hold anything back. And, um, and it was a lot to take in. And, um, but we, we talked a couple times on the phone and I could see where the, where it was going. Like we, we were getting pretty serious pretty quick. And, um, so I told her, I, we, we had, God gave us a lot of little confirmations around this time, just to, just, to us speaking to us that yes, Tiffany is for you. In fact, I believe God spoke that to you. Yes. Yeah, so nine days after we met, remember we'd only met 15 minutes in person. Nine days after we met, the Lord spoke to me and he said, Tiffany, Travis is your husband. And I have this journal that I write in and when God answers a prayer, I write it in my journal or my scroll. And then I put a rock in a jar um, based off the scriptures in Deuteronomy 4, where it says, um, let not your eyes forget what they have seen. When your children ask what these rocks mean, you tell them. And um, out of Joshua 4, when he tells the priest to carry the rocks across the Jordan and they build an altar in remembrance of what God did. And so I had this, this journal and this jar. And every time I saw God moving on my behalf, I would write it down and I'd put a rock in my jar. So I remember writing down in faith, terrified that, and terrified, terrified meaning like, I, I, whoa, this is happening fast. But I mean, there were so many emotions, excited, but I wrote it down in faith. Travis is my husband. I remember writing the day and dropping a rock in my jar and, and leaving it at that, like trusting the Lord to work it out, trusting the Lord to speak to my, my mentors, trusting the Lord to bring confirmation to our family and friends, trusting that the Lord would make it very clear to not only me and Travis, but those around us, because I mean, our society, it, what, how our story took place, like goes against everything in society. And, but is, I mean, that's just like God, God, God's economy is opposite of our worldly economy and the way he does things is different. And, and I'm okay with that, but I wanted the Lord to just confirm it. And so, um, Travis also, so Travis was, Travis lived in Idaho at the time and he was working with the ministry, um, house of prayer there. And they had just launched an apostolic school. And so the Lord did confirm that I would be moving to Idaho. The Lord confirmed that Travis was my husband. The Lord confirmed that I'd be going to this apostolic school there. And then the ministry that I would be doing would be street ministry and deliverance and healing in the prayer room in the, at the house of prayer. And so God had answered all of these things. I was confident of it, but Travis said, let's go on a three day fast and let's seek the Lord. We're not going to talk and we're going to see, and we'll, you know, we'll talk after the three days and we'll, we'll know whether we're to continue forward, um, within the pursuit of marriage or we're to go our separate ways. And of course at this time I already knew, and, and I was trusting that the Lord was going to speak to him during this three-day fast. So God had already shown us so much, but we, we began a three-day fast. And um, during the three-day fast, all of a sudden, God went silent. As far as all the little confirmations that we had leading up to it, I didn't, ha I didn't get anything, didn't hear anything. But he did give me something. He gave me a divine peace to proceed forward. And so I remember talking with her on the phone. And I was just about to tell her, uh, Tiffany, we're walking on water. Like we're, we're doing this in faith. And all of a sudden, before I could get the words out of my mouth, she said, Travis, she said, this song just came on that I'm listening to. I love it. It's, it's called Walking on Water. And, and I was just like, well, as soon as I stepped out in faith, um, then God 
uh, confirmed it <laughs> before I could get the words out of my mouth. So I thought that was really neat. Um, so I went and told my mentor at the House of Prayer that you know there was a, a woman that I was interested in that we had met her um, in Salt Lake City at the prayer conference and. And as I'm telling him our story, I even told him about, you know, just how I, I, I was about to, you know, tell Tiffany that we were about to walk on water, but she beat me to it. And he's listening to it and thought it was, you know, cute or whatever. And but didn't really look too much into it. And uh, as soon as I left his office, uh, a woman uh, came, stopped by the house of prayer, knocked on the door. He opens it. And she says, I have a word for you. And she lays this book down on his desk. She says, you have to read this chapter. And the title of the chapter was Walking on Water. He called me up. It wasn't even five minutes after I'd walked out of his office. And he said, Travis, um, I think there could be something to this. <laughs> you know, to this uh, woman, Tiffany. Um, long story short, um, wait, did I, am I skipping ahead? No. Okay. I uh, went down to Salt Lake to help... Uh, she was packing her bag. She was moving up here, and I had to meet her mentors. I had to meet the women in her life who'd been praying for her, and she wanted me to meet them. She wanted to get their approval, and um, I'll let Tiffany fill in there. Yeah, and so in this time, Travis has explained to his mentor that, you know, God has given us peace, and we're going to move forward with the pursuit of marriage. I'm going to be going to school at the House of Prayer. I'm going to be on the ministry team, and all the things, um, God begins to move on my accountability. So I had three women in my life that held me accountable. Um, and just keeping me, you know, pursuing Jesus and, and, and all the things. And so God began to move how he does with each one of them. He gave one of them a dream and then he spoke to one of them. And then he gave the other one a vision and, you know, so God was like confirming things to them. And so when Travis came to pick me up, so I had decided like, okay, Lord, I'm going to step out in faith. I'm going to move to Idaho. I'm going to do it. I get the job promotion of my life. My boss comes in at work. I've been working like a year for this. He, um, he comes in my office and he's like, Hey, um, we want to offer you this job, blah, 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 right? This huge pay raise. And I have tears strolling down my face and not, not out of sadness, out of joy. And just like, I knew what the Lord was telling me to do. He was telling me, share your testimony with your boss and bless his heart. I am like by this point sobbing and he's like not knowing what to do with me. And I just told him, I remember looking at him and saying, Rob, you need to know one thing about me. The most important thing in my life is Jesus. And Jesus has asked me to decline this promotion. And I'm, this is my two week notice and I'm moving to Idaho to pursue ministry and to go to school. And, and I told him my testimony and I remember him leaving very somber eyes about the size of 50 cent pieces not sure what he he was just like okay that was a lot and it was so neat because that two weeks was so sweet those people sent me off with money those people sent me off with gifts those people sent me off with blessing like the favor of God was all over me and I I was just so thankful I remember it being such a sweet transition and I remember when Travis came in and we're loading up to head to Idaho. He took each one of, he spent time with each of my mentors and one-on-one -on -one time, just him and my mentors went out and had lunch or had coffee and 
just got to talk to him and know him and he met my family and we we had the blessing and and people were watching this just in awe of like how radical is god like how this is i mean it's crazy like you met this guy for 15 minutes god tells you nine days later he's your husband God's answering the four things that you prayed about. God's given dreams and visions and confirmation after confirmation. And we're we're headed to Idaho. We're, we're, we're going to do it. Yeah. And um, what's neat is once we get to Idaho, um, our first Sunday in church together, um, we go to a church that we didn't usually go to. Um, but my mentor wanted to go there this Sunday. And so me and Tiffany went with him. Because they had a guest speaker, and yeah. the guy was from India. Yeah, they had a guest speaker. And so while we're there, um, uh, first of all, during worship, um, there was a, a woman sitting behind us, and she didn't know who we are. But uh, as soon as worship was over, she basically prophesied over Tiffany and us. Yeah, she tapped me on the back, actually, in the middle of worship, and she had tears streaming down her face. And I remember thinking, does she know Travis? Like, does she want Travis? And she's like motioning, like, you know, pointing to Travis. And so I tap Travis and I'm like, that lady wants you. And and he turns around and she pulls us in close. And she says that as, as we were worshiping, she saw the fire of God coming out of us. And there was fire coming out of the back of me and fire coming out of the back of Travis. And that this fire made a heart and that this heart then made a tunnel of fire and at the end of the tunnel was the light of christ and that we were going to bring thousands of kids to know jesus and she's like bawling now for me this is all really new the 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 prophetic side of things walking in the spirit visions dreams this is very very new to me um and so i'm just like i'm just in awe because how does this lady know like we're together we weren't um holding hands we weren't walking closely we weren't like we were just separately worshiping god standing side by side again god confirming like yes your life is going to be together your ministry this is you know part of the ministry i've placed on your life and and so we go through worship and and we sit down and and um anyways the guest speaker starts to minister and his whole message was walking on water and um i remember my mentor one almost wanted to almost pull this up to the front of the front of the uh, church and I thought he was going to marry us off right then <laughs> um, because he was so convinced um, after that but uh, you know there were some other things guys uh, how God made it so known to us um, one of them was I was talking with Tiffany one day and and, uh, and I remember a time mm-hmm. what was it about a year before I met you or two years uh, I, I can't remember now I think it was in 2009 I was going to say 2010. Okay, okay, yeah, 2009, 10, 11. I don't remember. The, but anyways, a couple of years before I met Tiffany, um, I was in Buffalo, Wyoming, and it was a little after midnight. We were um, guests at a church there, and they had a, a place for, for me and my mentor and another guy to stay. And uh, there was a knock at the door a little after midnight, and uh, in, walks, in walks this guy. And he walks right by my mentor, and he comes walking right up to me forcefully and says, Are you looking for a wife? And I, it kind of took me off guard, and I said, "Well, I wouldn't turn I wouldn't turn one down if she came my way." And he said, "I see her, I see her. She has a double anointing, and the Lord is cleaning her up right now. She is a special, special lady." He goes, "And I do not say this lightly, but in the heart of God, she's very, very special. He's cleaning her up." 
And that was February. Um, I remember it was the month. It was in the month of February. And I remember when I met Tiffany, I said, Tiffany, what were you doing in February of such and such a year? And and the reason I asked is because Tiffany journaled. Much of her life, she journaled. So Tiffany pulls out one of her journals and she uh, found February. And, and what did it say, sweetheart? Yeah. Uh, and I start reading it. I'm like, well, I'm like, hold on, I can tell you. And so I'm flipping through and I, I find it and I'm reading and I said, oh, the Lord was cleaning me up. Um, I had just checked myself into Christian counseling. Prior to that, um, part of my testimony is I had um, went to a bar. This was in my season of rebellion and Rohypnol was placed in my drink and I was raped. And I realized a point in my life that I needed to deal with that because I did not want to bring that into my marriage. And I thought God had dealt with it, but certain things had come up in life that had shown God was showing me, no, you haven't dealt with that. And I want to heal that place. And so I had checked myself into counseling, um, for God to rewire my thinking for God to go to that place and heal that place. And I was telling him, I said, yeah, God was healing me. Like God was doing a work in my life. Like I had a lot of wounds that needed God needed to touch before marriage was even an idea. And that was neat too, because we were playing, praying with this, uh, Vietnamese guy one day and he didn't know us from, he didn't know me from he didn't really know who I was but as he was praying he was praying for Tiffany I'll never forget this is before we got married and he just said I, I just see you in, in, in a white wedding gown you're, you're, you're white you're lovely you're right I don't remember all that he said but God had done his work he had got cleaned uh, her up and, and um, she wasn't bringing it was just neat it was just beautiful um, moving on, one, one other thing I wanted to share is when I went down to meet Tiffany's family um, to ask her to marry me, this was the final thing, um, I, I wrote her a little letter in, in Texas, and in the letter I said, Babe, I'm asking you to let me be your Isaac, and I want you to be my Rebecca. Will you let me be your Isaac? And I wrote this in a little letter, and I'll never forget because I gave it to her, and when she's reading it, all of a sudden her eyes got huge. And so way before I had ever met Travis, in my season of praying for my husband and crying for my husband and fasting for my husband, one day I was driving and the Lord told me, he said, I want you to go to the Christian bookstore. And I remember thinking, okay, well, I'll go. I'm not sure what's there, but I'll go because you told me to. So I remember going and looking around and the Holy Spirit brought me to this rack of necklaces and it was actually a prayer prayer lockets and I remember finding one it was a heart it was a prayer locket and I remember the Lord telling me to buy it and I was thinking but I don't wear necklaces like that's just I don't know just not who I am I don't want it I don't want to buy it and the Lord said I want you to buy it so I was like okay so I bought the prayer locket I get in the car and go about my day I get home and I remember, oh, I bought that prayer locket. So I get home and I'm like, Lord, what do you want me to do with this? And he said, I want you to write your deepest desire on it and put it in that locket. Well, of course, at the time it was, I wanted a husband. So pink's my favorite color. I remember finding this bright pink piece of paper. And I remember writing on it, waiting for my Isaac. Because remember, God had given me a word in the bathroom that if I continued striving and trying to make my marriage happen, trying to find that that guy and let me let me preface to say striving meaning God was not giving me my husband and I was reacting sinfully 
So there would be a temptation and I would fall into sin. And so that is that was me striving. I'm not saying that you can't look for your husband or that it's a sin to look for your husband. But in my case, when I, w- I was striving, so I was reacting sinfully. Um, you were Abraham and... and uh... Yes, I was, yes, like helping God out. Yes, I was helping God out, just like Travis said. I was like Abraham and Sarah. You know, they had a word here, that they were Hagar. they were gonna have a kid, and and Sarah's like, here, go sleep with Hagar, and so Ishmael was born, and that wasn't in God's plan. Um, that wasn't the the promised child. Ishmael was not the promised child. Isaac was, and so, anyways, God was basically like, get your hands off of it. So I write on my prayer locket, waiting for my Isaac. And I put it in my heart and the Lord told me, wear it until your husband comes. When your husband comes, I want you to take it off and I want you to just uh, put it in a box and just keep it in your purse. Okay. So all of this time I'm wearing my locket. I'm remembering to pray for my husband as the spirit leads and reminds me and all the things. And we get to the night, December 31st, 2012. We're back in Texas visiting. Travis has asked my father's permission. He proposes that night. At this point, I've taken off the locket. I've put it in a red box. It's in my purse. Now, let me also tell you, I never once told Travis about the rebuke the Lord gave me about Ishmael and Isaac, about the children of Israel. I never shared that with him. Um, That was something that I kept to myself, and I never shared with him about my prayer locket or anything. And, and, And I felt that the Lord did not want me to. And so obviously, you know, when Travis gives me this letter and it says, will you be my Rebecca and let me be your Isaac? I, I could not believe what I was reading after this journey we had been on. I'd been praying for my husband for seven years. I randomly, well, not randomly, the Lord tells me, go to this prayer meeting. Travis prophesies over me, God answering those four things in two weeks. Nine days later, God tells me Travis is my husband. Two weeks later, I'm moving to Idaho. I'm in ministry. I'm relocated. I'm in school. I have what Travis is soon to be my husband. Um, All of these things. And now, you know, all the walking on water. And now to top it off, like, won't God do it? God likes to be extra. Here is Travis asking me to be his Isaac. I remember y'all. Rebecca, I, to be my Rebecca. Yeah, to, to be my Rebecca. Me to be his Rebecca and him to be my Isaac. I remember I did not answer him. I ran to my purse. I left the poor dude standing there with the ring on one knee. I ran to my purse. I grabbed the box and I said, please open it. And he's like, well, what are you going to say? I was like, please open my box. You have to open my box. He opens my box. I was like, and he's like a necklace. I'm like, open the necklace. And out falls that little piece of paper, that pink piece of paper that says, waiting for my Isaac. So that was the frosting on the cake. And of course I said yes. Yeah. That was the frosting on the cake and God fulfilled his word to me. He brought her to me. Um, she came from Texas. She, she, he brought her to that church that she'd never been to that night. She found me on Facebook she wrote me the letter on Facebook. She, she, she reached out first, and I just responded to what God was doing. And then he made it obvious. He fulfilled his promise. And I share this, uh, I like to share this story. And, and one thing I, I want to point out is that everyone has a different story. Um, God, doesn't, God doesn't copy. Um, he, each story is going to be different. Your story is different than our story. But the one thing to take away from it is that Jesus will always meet you where you're at. Um, in my case, I was a man confused 
I needed all the confirmations. I needed God to make it so clear because I had allowed confusion um, to come in through some uh, counterfeits prior to meeting Tiffany, people who I thought were going to be my wife. And by the time I met her, I was a confused man. And Jesus gave me those two promises. He says, first of all, quit looking. You know, you've been looking. I'm going to bring your wife to you like I did in the word. And I'm going to make it obvious to you like I did in the word. And uh, and he gave me those promises and he fulfilled it. And he fulfilled it in as only he can do. Now, had I not been through so much confusion and, and opened myself up to that, God probably didn't need to do all those things. But I needed those confirmations. I needed to know that the woman I was about to marry, um, that, that she was from God, sent by God, and that we were called in, into this union. And I can't stress just how important that is uh, for each one of us. Um, we need to, we need to, what, I don't care if it's your profession, if it's your work, um, if it's your job, if it's your, your, your spouse, did, is God leading you? Did he call you for that job? Did he call you into this marriage? You know, you want to be led by God. And so, um, and God faithful, and he knows exactly how to get a hold of each one of us. If we're willing to listen and be led by him. Yes, absolutely. Um, and I just want to encourage you that if you're looking for your spouse right now, if you find yourself in a season where you're frustrated and you're wanting a spouse and, and you're not understanding that, the uh, first thing I, would, I, I want to encourage you with is enjoy the season you're in and let God do the work that he needs to do in you before your spouse comes so that you're ready and, and that your marriage will be stronger and better because you've allowed Holy Spirit to do work in you to prepare you for that season. And I believe God would have us, uh, would have each of us to put our Isaac on the altar, our promise. Isaac represents God's promise. Put it on the altar and uh, as a sacrifice, trusting God with our promise and he will give it back to you in his time. Yes, absolutely. Um, oh, God is so good. So um, I, I would love to pray for... Um, anyone listening right now that that is finding themselves in a season of singleness that is finding themselves maybe weary in the way that's finding themselves um maybe striving and and you feel like oh you, you don't want an ishmael you want an isaac you want the blessing of god um so so father we come before you right now and we thank you that you're a faithful god we thank you that you know all the desires of our heart that you placed them within us father i pray right now that for anyone listening to my voice that has made marriage an idol, Father, that has made a husband or a wife an idol, God, we ask for forgiveness right now. And we put you in your rightful place, enthroned on our heart, Father. And we look to you, God, for our blessing. We look to you for the, our spouse. We look to you to perfect our marriage, God. I pray right now for those that are in this waiting period, God, they're waiting on you to move and they've grown weary, that you would strengthen them, God, that you would send accountability to them like you did me and Travis, that would point them to Jesus, that would encourage them to wait, that would encourage them to not settle or to compromise, God, that they would remain pure in heart, that they would they would protect their eyes and their ears and their heart, God, from temptation, Lord, and that they would just pursue you and that they would find contentment in you until you release them to their spouse, Father. I pray, God, that that 
that those listening, God, would be encouraged, Lord, by our story, that you are a God of the miraculous. You are a radical God. You can bring one person from Texas and one person from Montana, put them in Idaho and Utah, make them meet at a prayer conference, and the rest is history, that you can do anything. You can bring their spouse from Africa. You can bring their spouse from a small town. You can bring their spouse from... Um, another place on the other side of the ocean that nothing is impossible with you and God that they would find their delight in you Psalm 37 4 that as they find their delight in you you shall give them the desires of their heart father I pray a blessing over all those who are listening who are married right now we speak blessing over your marriage in Jesus name we speak restoration and healing in Jesus name and we declare that God is for what God has brought together let no man separate that your marriage is special to God that it's been it's a covenant that's been been made before him and that the Lord loves your marriage the Lord is for your marriage so father we thank you we thank you for what you've done in our marriage and we pray for all those listening God that they would be reminded that you that you're an all-powerful God, you're an all-knowing God, you're a good God, you're a faithful God, that, that you will strengthen them, that you will open doors that no man can shut and shut doors that no man can open, Father, and that it's worth the wait. And that when temptation presents itself, you provide a way of escape. And those listening to my voice that find yourself in seasons or places of temptation, he has provided a way of escape. Look for the way of escape. Do not compromise your purity do not compromise wait on the lord and he will answer lord we thank you we declare victory over marriages victory over those in their singleness waiting on you to move in jesus name amen 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 well we're thank uh, i thank you for listening to the our testimony today i i hope that it encourages you And um, that's all for today on Testimonies with Tiffany. Thanks for listening to Testimonies with Tiffany. If you enjoyed this episode and you'd like to help support the podcast, please share it with others, post about it on social media, or leave a rating and review online. To catch all the latest from Tiffany, you can follow her on Instagram at TifferTom, and you can subscribe to her email list to get exclusive updates at TravisAndTiffanyTombry.com. That's all spelled out. (laughs) Thanks again, and we'll see you next time.